Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the Internet Horse Community. Episode 182, Meet Cavalia and Odysseo Liberty Trainer Juliette Cimetière. Recorded on April 23, 2019. Brought to you in part by Ponsai Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belvar. This episode will include a fascinating interview in two parts with Cavalia and Odysseo Liberty trainer Juliette Cimetière. So, Diana, too bad we couldn't get together last week. <laughs> well, you know, I think that was mostly my fault, but I was glad you got to catch up with me on Saturday. Yeah, it was uh, lovely weather, and it was fun doing the Facebook Live anyway. Yeah, I had a great long weekend with the kids mm-hmm. and the grandkids, mm-hmm. and lots of fun outdoors with the horses, the yeah. beautiful weather. It was exhausting. Well, I did notice when I came over that uh, your granddaughter, Blythe, is really becoming a great little rider. <laughs> yeah, she tries. She's very... <laughs> She's very serious about doing it right. Although she does like to have fun too, of course. Right. Hey, I see you changed the picture on the Facebook page. I did. Where's that photo from? (laughs) I did. You know, that's a lucky picture that I snapped of Icelandic ponies when I went to Iceland back in 2014. (laughs) It's 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 awesome. It's a great <laughs> shot. It's really cute. And I just want to know how you got them to pose like that. Well, you know, uh, the, here's the fact of the matter is that it was a van, a tour van, right? So mm-hmm. there were a bunch of people. So as soon as I saw these ponies lining up, I just, I went like, whoa. And I went to the <laughs> front and they were looking at all the other people. And yes. I went snap, 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 snap. So this was my favorite picture. <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome picture. I love yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Hey, did you hear the good news too? What good news? I like good news. (laughs) (laughs) Well, remember, in the last uh, episode, I was saying that we were really concerned about Samuel de Han. Mm -hmm. And so I went researching, and I found out he only bruised his hand and broke his index finger. Gosh. We we were picturing that his, you know, that he crushed his hand. I know. know, I was so worried. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, yeah. Oh, that is so much better. Oh, my goodness. That is good news. Yeah. And how did you find that out? Because, I mean, I went looking and looking and looking. Well, after all else failed, I checked his Facebook page. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, of course. You know, it, of course it'd be there, right? People don't change their websites anymore. They just change their Facebook yeah. pages. You know, I got to say, I struggle with Facebook, though, because, you oh, know, no. everything, Me you too. can't search anything. So I was just kind of fortunate that there wasn't too much else had you know covered it up right so but that was really good news yeah yeah right so we're going to the main event this friday you bet i can't wait uh p.s uh you sound very canadian there (laughs) (laughs) do you know do you know let me see some 30 years ago Uh uh-huh a young man from germany said to me when he was over visiting wow you're my first typical canadian (laughs) I said, why do you say that? Well, he said, you say A after. after." And I went, oh, yeah, okay. So there you go. I'm a typical Canadian. That's okay. I I used to uh, do emails back and forth with somebody uh, in the U.S. quite a number of years ago when the Mm -hmm. internet first became a thing. And when I looked back on it, I went like, oh, my goodness. I had A all all over the place in there, right? But, I mean, you know, there is a proper use for A. A is like a supporting thing. And I've changed it a little bit now. When I'm talking with uh, a lot of friends from the U.S., I say right yeah. instead of A. 
because I, I they kept bugging me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to going down to Red Deer. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to the meetup. Yeah, me too. You know, I know it's during the equine experience, uh, mm-hmm. but there's just no good time to have it, and I don't want to miss out on the youth pro am. <laughs> so difficult as it is to make the decision, I thought it would be easier to miss the equine experience. Well, and I think the thing is, a a lot of people have seen it many times, and as enjoyable as it is to see, Mm -hmm. I don't want to miss the youth uh, pro-am either. And, and, you know, there's just not (laughs) a, there's just nothing you want to miss down there. So I'm hoping a few other people will. I know a few people have said to me, yeah, "Yeah, I I think we can, we'll uh, we'll sneak away and come. uh, A few people have uh, have declared on on the Mm -hmm. Facebook event, so on the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. So I know that there's a going to be people there. Um, Just to quickly refresh our listeners' memories about uh, what the youth pro-am is, it's when um, a youth is paired with one of the expert clinicians via a random draw, (laughs) and they have to use the same tack and the same horse, or pony in some cases, yes. and they have to go through a, a really funky obstacle course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. yeah, It's really a hoot, and especially when they, uh, you know, don't change the stirrup length, because it's oh. all timed, right? Oh, yeah. So oh, they can't change, I mean, yeah. No. Well, sometimes <laughs> they do, sometimes they don't, yeah. but it, it is a lot of fun to watch, and yeah. very entertaining, and also, and also educational. Oh, yeah. I, I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what? I stumbled across some great reviews of our podcast on iTunes. Really? Yeah. Uh, they were older reviews, but they were so awesome. They really fueled my soul. <laughs> so it isn't like you went looking for these then? Well, okay. no. I went, well, I don't even remember how I stumbled across them. I can't remember what I was looking for. Okay. And what did they say? Um, well, the most recent one was titled Best Equine Podcast I Found. Oh, nice. I know. Oh. And it went on to say this podcast is well-produced, informative, and interesting. I'm not even from Canada, and it's still my favorite horse podcast. Well, you know, I think a lot of people aren't from Canada, but that's a great boost. It is. It'd be nice to get some more reviews. Right, yeah. Mm. Um, Yeah, and there was another one that was even better, but it was a little older. So it's kind of heartwarming to hear that people are enjoying the podcast episodes. Yeah, and you know what else is heartwarming? What? The help we get from our patrons. Oh, my goodness, Yes. And and this is a great time to thank our patrons anyway. Um, our patrons help us with a small monthly contribution to our efforts at patreon.com slash equine podcast. That's right. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Yes, yes. And I add special extras for our patrons so they get to hear and see some of the behind the scenes parts of our lives and extra things we do when we are at some of the events we attend. Mm-hmm. So if you can help us offset the costs of storage, bandwidth, equipment, <laughs> to maybe travel yeah. to bring you these awesome interviews, please stop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash equine podcast. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Oh, yes, we do. Mm-hmm. Well, Diana, speaking of awesome interviews, I'm so stoked about this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you ever thought about running off to join the circus? No. I I can't say that thought ever entered my mind, but I did get into trouble 
<laughs> you know, trekking off to see horses wherever I could find them. Because, you and I you know, both. I was a city kid. Yeah, right? you, you and mm-hmm. I both. Yeah. <laughs> well, this uh, two-part interview with Juliette Cemetier, and I mean two-part right in this episode, mm-hmm. is fascinating. And that's basically what she did. I wish I could have seen Juliet at Chilliwack. Oh, I wish you could have come to Chilliwack. <laughs> well, let's just listen to the amazing timeline. This young woman has wasted no part of her life. That's for sure. It's Sylvia Schneider here, and I'm with Juliette Cimetier. And uh, we're at the Chilliwack Main Event Expo, the 2018 version. And uh, I want to talk with Juliette because she sounds fascinating. <laughs> Thank you. Juliette, tell me about uh, your experience with horses, like how you started. And... I started riding when I was probably about four years old. My, uh, my family is from France, and um, so my mom would, was very passionate of horses. She took riding lessons, but we never owned a horse and she would take me to riding lessons twice a week uh, until I was about 10 and that's when we moved to the States, to Washington State and then we bought our first horse and um, I just, it was, she's a fjord mare and we still have her, she's 24 now Lovely. and uh, she was my, my first pony, I did 4-H with her and uh, I learned a lot with her, she was a big challenge she was not very well trained at all when we got her and so it was really challenging, and I had a lot of fun with her. And then um, she was pretty limited as to what she could do as far as jumping and dressage. So we bought another horse, my um, paint pony, Oreo, who is my heart horse. Aww. And um, he's a 13-2 hand paint pony, and I started, I started working with him. And that's kind of when I started getting interested in learning, teaching him tricks and playing with him. He would always... Um, if I'd go out in the pasture with him, he'd always chase me. And so as a little kid, I thought that was really fun to be yeah. able to play with my horse like you'd play with your dog. Yeah. So I started experimenting a lot more with him and teaching him. I taught him how to rear, and then I taught him how to bow, and then I tried all these different things to teach him how to lay down. And eventually, after a couple years, I got him to lay down, and it was just the most magical thing ever. So I just started getting really interested in doing this stuff. And then I was doing everything else with him. We were jumping and doing dressage and competing and the Snohomish County 4-H. And uh, I trained him all the way up through second level. And uh, we were doing three-foot jumping courses and really successful at shows. And I just had a lot of fun with him. Wow, that's great. So when did you learn that um, liberty was kind of a thing that you could do with horses? I guess it never really occurred to me. I just played with my horse and that was kind of you know and then I saw videos of people online and doing different things with their horses and I'd see that I'm like oh that's cool okay how can I teach my horse how to do that and um, I experimented with a lot of different training techniques and I kind of looked around at what other people were doing and made up my own way I guess what to what made sense to me and my horses but it's always it was always based around a play time with my horses well that's nice yeah as long as there's respect between both of you right and and I imagine if you ever sold Oreo you would have to explain to the person who purchased him the things that yeah he knows yeah 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 I will never sell him he's my pony I don't I don't ride him very much anymore because he's he's pretty small I feel a little big on him but I do teach lessons on him and I have I want for a little girl who leases him and who I teach lessons to and she uh, he's just he's really great for the kids he's a great teacher and um, so I really yeah he's a really awesome pony 
So through Pony Club, you did jumping and dressage. Yeah. Now, what about vaulting? Vaulting, I started doing because um, when we moved to the States, we were looking for a place to take riding lessons, and my mom took me to a riding lesson, and they were also doing vaulting. And uh, we knew what it was because we'd seen it before, but I never tried it. So I joined their vaulting club, and I did some vaulting there for a year. And then um, I wanted to do be more competitive. So we went to a different club that was doing a lot more competitions and a little bit higher level. And so I started doing that. And um, actually, we come here to the Heritage Park a lot. for uh, They do the provincials here. So I'd been here a couple times for vaulting competitions. Mm, cool. And then um, after a few years, we, me and my mom bought our own vaulting horse. And then it started out just me and my sister vaulting on our horse, and then we had people asking for lessons, so we started a vaulting club um, that's still running. My mom and my little sister take care of it when I'm not here, and they teach uh, vaulting practice three times a week, and they travel around for competitions. So I I did that for about seven years. So had you ever done gymnastics before that? No, never. So yeah, hardcore. (laughs) I started. I I was riding a lot, so that was really helpful. And I started doing the vaulting, and then I took some gymnastics classes also on the side. Right. Um, And that's kind of when I started getting into more into the circus world, Mm. and I started. doing um, aerial arts at the circus school in Seattle and a lot of different things like flying trapeze and aerial silks and things like that and so because it was in the same world a little bit as the vaulting and really um, um, was very fun for my the creative part of me and so (laughs) I had a lot of fun with that and that's a little bit how I started getting involved and interested with Cavalia also. Okay so that's a good segue and and that's what you have done then you've been part of Cavalia so how did that how did how did you get into Cavalia? Well when I was 13 or 14 I think is when my mom took our whole family to go see the show they set up at right uh, really at Miramore Park really close to where we live um, and they would come not anymore but they used to come about every other year and so she took us to see the show and I remember I was sitting next to her and I told her oh my gosh mom I'm gonna be on that stage one day and you know and we, laughed. we laughed and then I got home and um, I took uh, my pony Oreo and our other the, our old fjord mare and I decided I wanted to try to teach them to Roman ride so I started putting them next to each other and standing up on them and then falling <laughs> off and then standing up and falling off and Oreo was great I've done lots of different stuff our mare she she wasn't very happy with me because yeah. she was semi-retired so yeah but I get off my back yeah I tried I tried I put my horses through a lot of things I yeah. tried to do trick riding on Oreo I was doing vaulting I was I was putting a pad on him and then I'd stand up on him and then go over jumps and yeah. so all those stupid things that you probably shouldn't do yeah. I tried them yeah <laughs> oh wow so then then you wound up and then um, a, a few years later they um, the show came back to Marimore Park and I was um, 17 and they were oh my it's me okay <laughs> you know what we can uh, pick this up okay we can pick this up again yeah all right you okay. go ahead so it was unfortunate that we were interrupted during the interview but you'll have to listen to the second part to hear why we were interrupted it's kind of a funny foreshadowing yes for sure Okay, so I'm back with Julia because she got called away. And, uh, yeah, it was an interesting little um, departure, wasn't it? Because yeah. somebody was asked, what were they asking? They were asking about uh, a horse that they adopted from Cavalia. They wanted to know if I knew the horse and yeah. about 
methods of training and um, See, things that he might go. know and That's things like that. That's what we were talking about, <laughs> weren't we? Okay, so carry on then. So, so when I um, the second time that Odiseo came to um, my area, mm-hmm. I had a, a friend. I think it was from Pony Club who contacted me and said, "Oh, you know, somebody just told me that they're looking to hire locals to work in the barn, and they needed somebody to work the um, five to midnight shift." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, hey, sure, okay. So I got the job, and at the time, um, my last two years of high school, I decided to do a, go through a homeschooling program. So it was pretty lenient with the hours of school. And um, so I got some time off school and work to do at home so that I could so that I could work. And I worked uh, full-time the whole time that they were there, and I worked uh, in the barns. And um, because I spoke French and I knew how to handle horses, they mostly put me um, in charge of feeding and um, taking horses out to turn out and also just um, cleaning things up during... I would work in the stables during the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Um, there's a point in the show where we have to close all the windows um, for the visits that go... Um, through the, the tours, sta- the tours mm-hmm. that go through yeah, the stables afterwards. So I was doing things like that. Mm-hmm. I was pulling rain buckets out, um, sweeping the alleyways, all of that. So And then doing that, I made some connections with people there, and um, I started talking, and I got my interest and a little bit my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't, um, I didn't really do anything with them after that. Um, they they left, and I was only um, 16, 17, so they just technically don't hire anybody until they're 18. Um, I finished school, and then I w- worked on another show, a small show, the Dancing Horses Theater. Mm-hmm. It's a really small theater in Wisconsin, out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> it was really fun. I did my, I got to do my own solo act oh, in their Christmas show. It was really small. Um, theater holds about 300 people when it's really packed. That's so, pretty big, though. But we had really small crowds. Most yep. of the time, we had two really old people sitting in the front row, and that was our only crowd. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a learning experience. And uh, so I did that for three months. Mm-hmm. And then um, in the summer, I worked um, another small gig with uh, people that I knew down in Sacramento for the state fair. Mm-hmm. And uh, there I met a, a lady who was uh, keep boarding her horse at the farm where they, that they were using as their training center oh. at the time. And so um, through her, I got in contact with the lady, with the lady that was running it. Mm-hmm. And um, she offered me a job at the time, but I wasn't in the right place or it wasn't the right time, I, so I didn't take it. And then uh, two years later, the, same, the lady contacted me again and she said, we're coming to Seattle for auditions. Um, they were coming for auditions for uh, acrobats and aerialists, but she said we can we can do an audition for you if you want. And I said, oh, you know what? Sure. I, d- I don't know if this is what I I'm not sure if this is what I want right now, but why not? So we did the audition, and um, they came to my place and they filmed me with my horses, uh, and then and then I went to Portland for another audition with Odiseo where they were, um, and then they offered me a job um, on the China tour. Mm-hmm. And it was very quick. They didn't really give me any responses. And then all of a sudden they said, okay, we have a spot for you. Are you ready to go in three weeks? And I said, okay. I renewed my passport and they had my visa done. And then I went off to China for the to first To China? Time. Which yeah. part of China? Uh, the first time I was in Beijing. Mm-hmm. So we did six months in Beijing. And then we had a tour break. 
Um, normally in the past the tour breaks are short they're about four weeks but because it's difficult for us in China and the, we have to work with the investors who are also difficult to work with they don't always provide the funding so the tour break ended up being a lot longer than it's expected so mm. we worked for six months and we had seven months off Wow! and then the same thing they called us back out of the blue it was panic <laughs> we need everybody to come back right now we have to do they called me back um, I went back December 27th last year and then we had to do a premiere on February 14th wow. after the horses had been up <clears throat> off for seven months. And was that also in Beijing? That was in Nanjing. Okay. So that was uh, more closer to Shanghai. Yeah. It's uh, west of Shanghai. So did they take all the horses over there? Yep. Wow. And then during tour breaks, they find uh, boarding big boarding facilities for the horses to stay in. Um, yeah. That's where they're at right now. It's a massive undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. If every if anybody ever wonders, you know. Yeah, we and, have and forty about horses. The cost of actually going yeah. to it and why it's so high. Yeah. There you go. And uh, putting up the tent, tearing it down, yeah. is also really really expensive and really costly. And uh, they I bet they don't make a lot of money on it. I bet the the money all goes towards paying their uh, actor. Well, their their riders and their yeah. handlers and. And, and feeding the horses. Yeah. That's amazing. So it's been a really, really amazing experience. And uh, yeah, it's a, especially the team that we have in China, where it's relatively small mm -hmm. um, compared to the one that's uh, to Odiseo. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, we, like a really big family, and we get to stay in really nice hotels, and we all live together. And that's so great. it's a really close community. Yeah. And uh, really, it's not like going to work every day. No. So how did you wind up coming to the main event expo in Chilliwack? Um, I had somebody who is in charge of organizing, I think, the equine experience and finding acts. Uh, she contacted me a few months ago through my Facebook page, and uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to be available because I just got back. I got back from China in June, mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know if we were going to have to go back soon, so I said, okay, maybe. Maybe, And then yeah. I um, found out a month ago or something like that that right now we don't know when we're going to go back. It's going to be another long tour break, so I contacted her again and asked if she was still interested, and I just said yes. So, mm -hmm. so here we are. Um, You know what, and I should have asked this because I'm, I'm kind of backtracking now, but what exactly did you do in Cavalia this time around when this, you were in China? Yeah, I did. Um, I, I started out, I was just writing uh, that we have the Carousel Act, which is like a little bit like a quadrille where there's... Um, Six, six to eight of us and we all ride together and make figures and things like that so that's kind of the basic act that they put okay. everybody in when you start out um, it's relatively easy and the horses all know it so right. it's pretty easy and then I was also doing the Roman riding act yeah which um, you would practice when you were a kid <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, actually I have uh, one of my clients in um in Seattle area she has two Frisians mm -hmm. that I'd been teaching tricks and liberty for a little while and then just a, a year ago I, I told her I'm like can I try standing on them she's like oh yeah sure <laughs> so I tried I taught them to Roman ride and we got proper tack for them and everything and I Great. trained them trained my own Roman team yeah. and so I was already I was ready to incorporate the act when we went back Right. And okay. so it's a really fun act. It's really um, high energy. Mm -hmm. uh, we do a little pattern, and then we do a race. We have four four teams, um, and then we race, and we have to pass each other at a full gallop. So it's, yeah. I was really scared the first time I did it because it's uh, it was me and then three other guys. Yep. And uh, they I've like to it. go. They mm -hmm. like to go really fast, and they didn't want to go easy on me. So, but. Mm. 
it was a really good learning experience. Yeah. And then this time around, I also got to uh, learn how to do the Six Arabian Liberty Act. So where they have all yep. six white horses and they all go around and I have to do figures and things like that. So my director, he was the one doing it and he was leaving and he wanted to pass it on to somebody. Oh, so wow. um, he worked with me and the horses and then basically just gave me the act and said, okay, these are your horses now figure it out oh wow it was really intimidating also because yeah. it's like a solo act i yes. go on stage and sometimes yes. the horses just leave me mm-hmm. and then yeah, i'm I've all seen that. yeah and then i'm all alone on the stage so it's been a learning experience also but yeah. it's really fun i like it a lot i, I love that cavalia is very free form like that yeah. they go with what the horses are doing and I, I mean i'm sitting there in the audience and i know horses and i'm going like that's an unexpected thing and and but you know that's what they're doing is yeah. they're dealing with it that's so. the beauty of it i think yeah. that's why people like to come to the show and that's yeah. why it's fun for us yeah. to work there okay shame on me now we're back at the main event so what were you doing uh today at the main event today i taught um one hour demonstration lecture about kind of the basics on what the kind of steps that I would go through when I start working with a new horse mm-hmm. with the idea that I want to teach them how to work, do free work and liberty work. Mm-hmm. And the horse that you were using, can yeah. you tell us about the horse? Uh, cowboy. I've never bet him before. Mm-hmm. Um, I walked into the round pen and his owner handed him off to me. She gave really? me a short history. She said he was 14-year-old Andalusian Percheron. Yeah. Um, he'd been off work for a year. He does lessons and trail rides and camping. It's kind of an easygoing guy. She said he had some basic experience doing join up and a little bit, little bit of liberty work I'm guessing more a little bit natural horsemanship and things like that so he's very very sweet horse I liked him a lot he was um, it looked like you'd worked with him a lot but, yeah you know um, yeah so you you taught him a few things and it was really interesting but I mean you had never met him before so he no. had to learn about your body language yeah. and the cues and he picked up on them really yeah quickly. he did and he was very very sweet to me and very um, very open yeah. very interactive he wasn't a very high energy horse you know some people when they do liberty they want the big stallion that has the beautiful mane and things like that but I find it really interesting to work with horses like that also yeah. and to see if I can spark up their personality a lot of times especially in lesson horses you'll see they become really dull and robotic yes and a little bit dead yeah. and then this kind of work can just completely transform them mm-hmm. and they become a whole different horse that you didn't even know was there exactly so. yeah so um how where do i go here with this interview i think um if somebody wanted to do that sort of thing with their horse, mm-hmm. what would you recommend? I mean, are there resources or? Um, there, you know, there are. I'm sure there are videos you can find online. I've made. Um, I have a couple videos that I've made on my YouTube channel. Bingo. Um, a little bit on how I started. They're a few years old, so I don't do everything mm-hmm. exactly like that. I should make a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have uh, some demonstration. I have a miniature horse, and I kind of filmed. Um, a lot of the stuff that I did when I got him mm-hmm. and when I started teaching him to work at Liberty and now he's really he's really well trained he's a great little trick pony yeah. um, and so there's that but I think just keeping the mindset and of play mm-hmm. and patience and respect right. in everything that you do and then the 
free work kind of just happens. It just happens. Yeah. So, and, and I, I, I would imagine you don't have scheduled clinics because you never know if you're going to be going back to Cavalia. Well, or right Odyssey. now, if I do go back, probably won't be until the spring. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, I have a clinic coming up in uh, Vernon okay. on November 3rd and 4th. Okay. So I'm going to drive up there to see, and then I might be coming back up here for a couple of clinics also. Right. So if somebody wanted to learn more about you, do you have a website? I have a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. It's uh, JC Horse Training. JC Horse Training? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if, if somebody contacted you through there, they could find out more about any clinics that yeah. you're doing? Yeah, and then I have the link to my website also on there. Oh, and, so um, what's your website? It's, uh, it's Juli- Juliet Cimetier Horse Training. Oh, yeah. okay, perfect, dot com? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, that's that sounds awesome. Oh, Juliet, it's been a pleasure chatting oh, thank with you. you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this interview. No, thank you. <laughs> I like that Juliet didn't even miss a beat when she came back for the second half. Mm. Now, it's too bad she couldn't offer any insight into the adopted horse from Cavalia. It's always nice to know the training cues your horse might have, you know, and they can be awfully strange. Yeah, they I can. I learned yeah. this a long time ago. Yeah. When I first started riding, I was oh, just I hear a kid. A, I hear a story yeah. coming on. But <laughs> <laughs> I was just a kid and I was out um, visiting a friend right. who, who lived on an acreage mm-hmm. This when I lived in town, and I used to ride a lot. But at at uh, you know the rent a nag yes, tables, right? right. <laughs> so I went out to this girl's house, and she was kind enough to let me ride her horse. And you know she had she had five horses. Okay, flame, flash, flight, flip, and twerpy. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Like so, like yeah. these so were flame, all. Were they flame all... was her mare. Okay, and flash, flight, and flip were the babies the fall from the same all mare from the same mare and twerp twerpy was was a gelding she how had did purchased you, how did, oh so per, okay so mm-hmm. so i so was wondering twerpy how it was to be not twerp. yeah okay so, gotcha but she would say oh yes this is flame flash flight flip and twerp <laughs> <laughs> and twerp was a lovely gelding but she went in for for lunch one day and she said to me you can, you can just keep riding twerp while i'm gone and I thought, well, that's very nice. So I'm riding Twerp, and all of a sudden, he just stops. Just dead stops. Now, we're out in pasture. He's not eating grass. He's not trying to get away with anything. He just stops dead. Interesting. Right? Nothing. Yeah. And I try everything. I, I try, you know, on tracking him left, right, backing him up, using nothing is working. Clucking, mm-hmm. nothing is doing anything. So I, I thought, you know, I saw this happen with Herbie too what does she do and i realized (laughs) this is what she did she'd throw the reins down on his neck Mm -hmm. slump back in the saddle and go anytime you're ready twerp (laughs) and so i thought well what can you lose so i threw down the reins slumped in the saddle said anytime you're ready twerp picked up the reins and away he went Oh. So I mean, you can cue your horse in the some weird, ways. strange ways. I just yeah. always laugh when I think of that. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So oh watch my. what you teach your horses. It's true. It's true. Watch what you teach your horses. <laughs> they're so clever, they and are. and they're so much quicker to learn than we are. Good and bad. Yes. 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 We teach them some really bad things sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, you know that aside, I was fortunate enough to see Caval and Odysseo both more than 
once each. I no. Well, really I lucky. saw I saw Cavelli with you, didn't I? In Vancouver. We went to Vancouver, yeah. and if I'd known it was going to be in Calgary, I probably probably wouldn't have gone to Vancouver. Yeah. But, <laughs> but then it I, was a nice trip. I did wait, and of course, it was so awesome. I had to take somebody to see it, mm-hmm. you know. So I took my niece to see it in Edmonton, and then I took a friend. Yeah. To and, see, um, I think to see Odysseo though. I don't. I don't even remember so, what happened with Odysseo, but I'm sure anyway. I saw both of those twice. <laughs> yes, so it was awesome. And yeah. you know, um, we always talk about introducing people to horses, and and also when we're uh, um, talking with the horse industry in general, mm-hmm. we talk about how can people be introduced to horses. Yeah. How can we yeah. get know, more how, non-horse people into the world? Yeah, yeah of horses. And Cavalia does an amazing job of doing just that all over the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wish there was another Cavalia event coming up on the horizon but I haven't seen anything so yeah. um, from from what I can see maybe the next event might be in China because they're actually hiring for ooh, stable ooh, mm-hmm. interesting yeah Hmm. All right. Well, something that's just a little closer to home, <laughs> yeah, yeah, our yeah. home anyway, uh, is one last reminder. The Red Deer Main Event Expo is coming up this weekend. Yes, and we're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. April 26th, 27th, and 28th. At the Westerner Park facility in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. And do you remember all the construction that was going on there last year? Oh, right. They so have now... expanded their So we don't have to area. go outside now. No. And this could be good because the weather's not going to be great. It's not yeah. supposed to yeah. be all that nice. But shh, don't tell anybody because mm. we don't want to stop anybody from coming. So we <laughs> will be there. And is there any chance that we might see any of our listeners there? Well, you know, we did set up that Facebook event. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you head to the Facebook page and check the event, you can let us know if we'll be seeing you there. Yeah. We've set it up for 6.30 p.m. on Saturday night. So let us know at the Equinely Inclined Facebook page if you can join us by clicking that you're going. Mm-hmm. And or that's going to be it for Even if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So um, once again, Diana, I want to thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. If you listen to this podcast and enjoy the episodes, please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast. You know, Diana, I always find myself wondering what our listeners are up to. Mm. So I think instead of asking our listeners a bunch of questions in each episode, we should just ask them one. So this week's question is, mm. have you been to see Cavalia or Odysseo? That's a good question. Can I add another? <laughs> it's related. Uh, if so, what did you think? Okay, I'll let you get away with that. All right. So, dear listeners out there, have you been to Cavalia? And what did you think? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to answer this question. So, for now, the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. But if you're not on Facebook or just not a Facebook user, let us know by email at podcast at CanadaEquine.com. Well, our listeners are from all over the world, Sylvia, and we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. And we usually do it at this spot. Mm-hmm, right mm. at this spot. So I know you've talked about it before and you've talked to people about how to like the page mm-hmm. and how to follow. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, and funny thing about this, uh, now it seems that when you like the page, Facebook has it so you automatically follow the page. I'm sure it didn't used to be like that. So maybe go to the page at facebook.com/equinelyinclined, and make sure your settings for the page are like and follow. Thanks a bunch. Yeah, so you don't have to do the three dots <laughs> no, anymore. No, 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 no. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so please remember this: if you hear something interesting or helpful, let others know. When you do, you're helping others learn more about horses, and we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines. So, what do you think of this episode? Is there something else you'd like to hear on the podcast? Leave us a message at www.facebook.com slash equinelyinclined, or if you listen to the podcast and aren't on Facebook, send us an email to podcast at canadaequine.com. So, Diana, the next episode, well, <laughs> we're going to be at Main Event Expo in Red Deer on Friday. So and there's no time for anything. Not between now and then. Mm-hmm. But we will be doing Facebook Live videos. So please make sure you've liked and followed the page and you'll be notified when we go live. Sounds good. And please find someone new to introduce to the world of horses. And one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support. And remember, supporting patrons at patreon.com slash equine podcast get an inside look at our lives. So until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Bellbarn. And give your horses big hugs for us. <laughs>